My toxic boss ruins my mental health at work, so I ruin his life by getting him demoted. I recently left a job where I had a really toxic relationship with my boss. He was old school and prioritized work over everything else, expecting everyone to do the same. His expectations were so high it disrupted my work-life balance significantly. I had two young kids and at this point in my life, I'm not doing late night meetings or weekend reports. The company worked from home 50% of the time, except my boss didn't believe in work from home. So we were 100% in the office. Even when COVID was at its highest, the city was flooded and the commute was dangerous. We were the only team of about 50 in the office. I told him I was overwhelmed that I had too much work to meet all the deadlines and he told me that I have to prioritize everything because everything is urgent. When I asked him what is the most urgent, what should I do first, he told me everything. You get the idea of his approach. The company worked in flexi time. As long as your hours equal 37.5 each week, 7.5 hours per day average. It's all good to work anytime between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. I could do a 10 hour day then a five hour day as long as it balanced out. My boss, however, demanded those hours be worked between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. And if on any day I was to work 15 minutes over that 7.25 hours, then he wanted to be told what I was using that time for and to have his approval first. I used to start work at 7 a.m., hit the gym in the morning around 9.30 a.m. for 45 minutes. When I joined his team, he didn't like this. He set up a meeting with me every morning at 9.30 a.m., which mostly he didn't show up to, but certainly put an end to my morning sessions. I told him I found it detrimental to my mental health. He told me I needed to find another time. The reason I went in at this time is that I had two young kids and my wife worked shifts. My boss, meanwhile, had a fantastic work-life balance, would often start at 9.30 to 10 a.m., and finish early or randomly decide to go home from work. Cue malicious compliance. He asked me that I send him multiple emails throughout the day, every day, telling him what I'm working on and seeking his approval for stuff, stuff that has never been required to have approval before. I obliged. I sent him five emails a day, every day, waffling on what I was doing. I'd also ask questions in these emails, forcing him to read them and respond to them all. After a while, I started to make the questions more subtle, not dot pointing them, but sneaking them into the body of text. I'd ask the same question multiple times, knowing by this point he's bored of reading my emails. And then when he didn't give me the answer, I'd let the repercussions happen. The repercussions that didn't exist until he demanded I seek approval. These repercussions were usually raised by my boss's boss. I knew they were happening, but I let them happen. I'd then respond to the group emails where my boss would blame me and I would include the emails I sent him seeking approval as he requested. This became a fairly frequent occurrence since I was sending 25 or more emails a day, which seriously was a huge chore on top of the high pressure role. I dealt with $200 million contracts annually. I had a really good reputation in the office for my work. Everyone seemed to respect me but him. His manner with people wasn't always appreciated. He would set arbitrary deadlines and then half of them seemingly for no reason. When I refused to enact those, I often had to hand those deadlines on. Citing the anti-bullying policy, he'd tell me to just get it done. 
I understand that I wasn't the best, most obedient employee, but he made me this way with his micromanagement. Eventually, I found a new role elsewhere. I demanded an exit interview where I explained how I don't believe he managed his team in accordance with company's intentions, how I'd express my concern for my mental health, and he offered me no compromise, how he purposely booked meetings to disrupt my day, and how he demanded I email him over and over and seek approval for 15 minutes of flexibility on start and finish time. The lady from HR had recently encountered my boss and it wasn't pleasant. He was abusive to her and she already had him in her crosshairs. I recently met up with a colleague from that team. A week after I left, my now ex-boss was demoted, no longer manages anybody and has a much stricter schedule for himself now that he reports to someone. My old team is much happier now and way more productive. I'm thinking about applying for that now vacant role as his boss, but let me know. Am I the jerk? Man, this boss seems hella petty. I mean, to purposely schedule meetings so your employees can't go to the gym? That is next level, but I'm happy that he requested his exit interview and was granted it leading to that horrible boss getting demoted. I wish I would have got an exit interview at my old place. I was supposed to have an interview with HR because my boss was trying to get me fired, but once he found out that I had already put in my two weeks, he magically made that HR interview go away. I wonder if it was because he knew I had a lot of dirt on him and that HR wouldn't be happy to hear it. Either way, I'm glad this OP is in a better work environment. Boss demands I follow the list of my job duties she gave me or else. Turns out she was the one that ended up losing her job. To start off, I want to give a little bit of context and backstory to set the scene. A couple years ago, I took a job in a kitchen of a private healthcare facility. I had been working in kitchens for more than 10 years before this, in various roles, and I knew I was overqualified for this job. But a close friend was already working there and had asked if I could come in and fill a spot because they were short-staffed. And I wanted a low-stress job at the time that could accommodate my schedule of working both jobs before switching careers altogether. It's a relatively small kitchen with only a head chef. We'll call her Jessica. And at most, maybe two to three people on any shift. Head chef is a bit of an over-exaggeration as this lady sat in her office chair, dealt with paperwork, and occasionally walked around the kitchen to give us criticism on what we were working on. I had a lot of bosses throughout the years, and she was by far the worst. Aside from her, though, the rest of my coworkers were great. We communicated and worked well as a team to get everything done, regardless of what specific task was assigned to anyone. I was hired on as she liked to call support. This basically meant I did a lot of the menial prep and restocking tasks that no one else wanted to do, which was fine because with my experience, knife work went faster for me than anything else. But because of that experience, I was relied on pretty heavily by the rest of the cooks to help them out with their tasks. I didn't mind this because like I said, we all helped each other out to achieve a common goal and everything got done by the end of the day. Everything was going great and we were running smoothly for about four months after I started. And this is where we got into the beginning of my compliance issue. After four months, we lost a couple of team members and they ended up getting replaced with people that didn't really fit the chemistry of the team we had built. Overall, they were lazy, took constant breaks for 20 plus minutes at a time and had to be babysat for the entire shift. If they weren't explicitly told to do something, they would just sit around waiting for directions. The rest of the remaining crew did their best work to work around this and train them so we could get back to the cohesive teamwork that we had gotten used to. But in the meantime, a few things had started to slide and some tasks weren't getting done. Nothing major, it was stuff like not replacing the juice in the drink machine or refilling the stash of coffee by the coffee makers. Stuff like that. 
Well, Jessica had a real issue with this, but because she was never actually working with us to see where the problems were stemming from, she decided to start pointing fingers blindly and making changes. She called us in for a meeting where she had printed us all out lists to remind us what our job duties and responsibilities were. I read over mine carefully, and here is how the conversation went. Hey Jessica, I see my- Let me stop you right there. This is not up for discussion. This is what you were hired to do, and this is what you will be doing. If all of your tasks aren't finished by the end of your shifts, you will be the one responsible. Jessica, this list doesn't even include... Again, this is not up for discussion. You have all been slacking and you can all consider this your verbal warning. She turns to me directly. If the problem persists, we will have disciplinary action. I walk out of that meeting laughing my butt off. We typically worked 8 to 10 hour shifts and the entirety of my list was completed within 2 hours or less. I talked to my friend who was already having the same thoughts I was and we both agreed just to ride it out and enjoy the poop show. That list became my bible. I had it on my person at all times for every shift just neatly folded in my back pocket. I showed up every single day with my earbuds and just got started on all the menial BS that was on my list. Cutting fruit, restacking snack counter, refilling coffee machines, and I made sure to set up my station as close as possible to Jessica's office. Every single day my coworkers would come back to me asking for help with whatever they were doing and each time I very calmly reached back and pulled out my folded piece of paper that became my own personal Magna Carta and pretended to scorn over it as if it was my first time ever reading it and I would reply with, I'm sorry, coworker. I just don't see that anywhere on my list. I can't help you. You should ask Jessica. Loud enough for her to hear with me being so close. My coworker started to catch on, and they would come back to my station multiple times a day to put my little song and dance routine, each time pulling out my little piece of paper and adhering word for word what was printed on there because that was law. After a few weeks of this, the tensions had really started to build between me and Jessica, as the issues we were facing before the the meeting only continued to get worse. But what could she do? She had made her decision and she would sooner drop dead than admit that she was wrong. Eventually, after enough complaints from our clients and other staff members, she was let go. It's a bit anticlimactic, but I left not long after that. I told everyone with her gone, work is just too boring. I didn't have anyone to go to battle with. In reality, my second job had really started to pick up and I was able to go full time and switch careers. I've heard from friends that they actually promoted one of my old co-workers and he's doing a great job in that position and everything is running smoothly. My thoughts and prayers go out to anyone who decides to hire Jessica in the future, but let me know, am I the jerk? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This story was just another tale of bosses who let power get to their head and not listen to their team members. If you have listened to the Jerk channel long enough, you know I have done many similar things in the workplace like this OP did. But it's because if you don't want to collaborate on the job, then I'll just follow the rules to the pettiest of degrees. I will say it does suck when you have a good team and then someone gets replaced with a lazy teammate. I've worked with plenty of people that need to be babied on the job, and i much rather do the extra work than have them on the team. Like they say, if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. 
Teachers tell us that if there isn't enough space in the cafeteria, then we should sit on the floor. So we do exactly that. Back in 2009 in a German gymnasium, similar to high school, we had some group acts of malicious compliance. The background, during the last two years of our studies, you can choose a lot of your own courses according to your preference. While this is super nice for individual development, it means that you often have one or two lecture slots free and then again, a few more lectures, etc. Basically, your timetable looks like Swiss cheese. To compensate, the students of grade 12 and 13 had their own room to chill in by tradition. We were at a rift of a shift from nine-year to eight-year curriculum, i.e. the younger students would graduate at the same time we did. This caused some shortage in capacity at our school. Among them, the extra room was taken since it was needed for classes. Inconvenient but understandable. We were told just to make use of the available seating space throughout the school. What we didn't take well was that the cafeteria became too small as well. So during lunchtime, we didn't have the sufficient space to sit and eat. The school promised to make amends, but three months into the school year, the situation was the same. One of the deputy headmasters of our school was a real grit. He would generally slack off on his work, showed strong favoritism to whoever had the brownest nose, and was generally seen as one of the worst teachers the school offered. We asked him during class one day about the current state of affairs and told him it's unacceptable with winter coming in to not have enough space to eat. This is where the malicious compliance starts. He answers, I'm afraid that there won't be any change soon. You will just have to cope with it. I have seen you lingering around and sitting on the floor often enough. Seems like you have no problem with that. So why don't you just sit on the floor and eat? There's sufficient enough space, isn't there? End of November, the floor is not only dirty, but wet with snow. Salt and every other dirt people drag into the building from the outside, and it only gets worse over the next months. Something needed to happen, and it did happen. The next day, whenever we had free time in our schedule, we just sat down in the hallways right in front of the teacher's common room and the office of the headmistress. Our colleagues asked us what we were doing. We told them the story above, and within one day, we had the occupants of the teacher's common room and the office of the headmistress running, taking his advice to just sit on the floor to eat. During lunch hour, we made around 300 students in front of two doors. You can imagine how pissed everyone was. Every teacher who asked was explained that we follow the advice of the grit deputy, eating from the floor whenever space is available, and that we think here is better than lingering in the way of our fellow students. Some didn't. One got to the point where he stepped on some girl's fingers while cursing about us. That was a very uncomfortable 10 minutes for him until he made his way through to the teacher's room. Tensions were running high. Teachers not getting into the common room that holds printers and other office supplies means lessons would start late for everyone. At the fifth day, the headmistress informed us that they had found a solution for the problem about the insufficient space being available, and it would take effect in two days. The grit deputy headmaster sank even lower in the opinion of the staff as everyone knew he should have looked after this issue and just did nothing for months. Before this, he was held as a possible next headmaster. Afterwards, this was off the table. But let us know, what would you have done in this situation? Getting outsmarted and outplayed by students has to be a quick kick in the balls, right? I remember doing this to my English teacher once because she accused me of plagiarizing in a paper that I had written. The reason for this accusation was because I used the words explosions in the sky and she said that this is a musical band. I was shocked and utterly confused. For one, I was surprised that she knew about this band. They are a great instrumental act if you ever want to check them out. 
But secondly, I don't see how using those words related to me plagiarizing. So after this, I decided to maliciously comply with the next assignment, which just so happened to be about us needing to write a poem about something in our life. I decided to make my poem about the time my English teacher accused me of plagiarism for no damn reason because she thought I was stealing from a band. Crazy enough, I'm pretty sure I got a high B if not an A on that assignment and she literally underlined the part of the poem where I called her out and had a note that just read, oh really? And that was it. I think she may have gained some more respect for me that day and actually started to take me seriously. But she never apologized. Mawaf gets told by her manager that she better use Amazon for the next order because it's company policy. Months later, he gets karmic payback. Some background, my wife does procurement for a large US headquarter organization with branches in a lot of different countries. Her branch operates out of the Middle East. As you might imagine, when it comes to working for a large international organization, there are a lot of rules that she's obligated to follow when it comes to sourcing material. And there's a list of preferred sellers that the organization wants her to use if at all possible. Unsurprisingly, a lot of those sellers are also US based, which is fine most of the time, but can be really inconvenient in a lot of ways given the distance involved with where she's at. So on occasion, she'll stray from the book and look more locally if she knows it's not going to cause a big issue. And everyone will be happy in the end anyways. Usually she gets away with it because the powers that be understand why she does it. Recently, one of the newer department managers noticed an order my wife had made on their behalf didn't come from a preferred seller, that they'd been expecting it to come through. In this case, Amazon. They chastised my wife for violating policy and insisted that next time she had to use Amazon for orders like this. Okay, fine, yes. My wife was technically in the wrong and being reprimanded was technically the appropriate response. But my wife had a good reason for doing what she did, which the manager in question found out next year when they put in the next order. You see, because of the distance involved and the large numbers of departments placing orders, we're talking about multi-ton containers being sent overseas by ship. It can take months for a department to finally get what they ordered. Also, because of how the shipping and receiving is handled, Amazon is technically out of the loop from the moment the shipment is delivered to the freighter at the port that will be hauling it across the Atlantic. So from Amazon's perspective, the order is considered delivered for the purpose of their return policy before the ship carrying the order even leaves the dock. And long before it ever arrives in the country my wife is based in, from there it can then take many more weeks for the order to clear customs, be received by her organization, unpacked, sorted, and finally distributed to the various departments who had made orders. It's fairly typical for the whole process to take 90 plus days to complete, well past Amazon's 30 day return policy. Well, my wife's job is just to order whatever the various department heads tell her to and trust that they know what they're ordering. Of course, sometimes they are mistaken with the order. Either the department wrote down the wrong item or the wrong size slash quantity or Amazon shipped the wrong thing. Mistakes happen. When you're dealing with a dozen departments ordering tens of thousands of pounds of stuff at one go, it's practically inevitable. 
Usually, something like this is no big deal until too much time has passed to return it to Amazon for a refund and your budget is all tapped out for the year. And you usually needed that item that you didn't end up getting. Which is what happened this year. The department manager in question accidentally ordered the wrong thing and when they asked about getting it replaced, my wife had to, respectfully, inform that manager since it was ordered through Amazon and not something more local, hint hint, it couldn't be returned for a refund and there was no more money in the department's budget for additional orders that year. As you might think, that department manager was quite shocked. This story does have a happy ending though, as my wife was able to find another department in their organization who was actually in need of some misordered materials and they performed a lateral budget transfer so my wife could order what the manager actually needed from a local supplier. But let me know, who was the jerk in this situation? I can only imagine the hassle of having to place big orders of things through Amazon and having to get them shipped overseas. Amazon does a pretty terrible job at vetting what is legit and what is a knockoff. I'm not gonna lie to you, I bought an anime waifu figure one time from Amazon. It was actually pretty decent looking, but I found out that it actually wasn't the official one. How did I find out that it wasn't the official one, you might ask? Well, let's just say it had some removable parts that the official one did not. But hey, I ain't complaining. That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.